the J.C. Newman Cigar Studio in Boston, Massachusetts, and the Gurkha Cigar Studio in beautiful British Columbia. Welcome to the Smoking Tobacco Show with your hosts, Matt Tobacco and Mitchell Santaga. And good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Smoking Tobacco Show. My name is Matt Tobacco from SmokingTobacco.com, and I am once again broadcasting live from the J.C. Newman Cigar Studios in Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, I am joined once again by my very good friend, Mr. Mitchell Santaga, also of SmokingTobacco.com, who is in the Gurkha Cigar Studios in British Columbia. How are you? Doing great. It is a beautiful day here in British Columbia. I am in outside. It's a, the it's a balmy, yeah, 20, 22 degrees Celsius. I don't know. Was that like 75? I don't know the conversion. Yeah, 75 is not bad. So I know that there. it's nice and warm. <laughs> it's nice and warm. It might cool off through the evening, but uh, right now, light breeze and beautiful sunshine. Yeah. You know, um, spring is finally here, which is good. Um, we're getting close to PCA ish. It's almost that pregame time. Um, I, I feel like I have to, I just have to say this because you know, Mitchell, we talked about this before the show, and I feel like I've talked to several people about this all week. And apparently some people are saying that this conversation started off of a post that was made on Facebook, which I don't, you know, I, I didn't know about. I don't really care about everything I said. I had been saying since like last year. So I was just going off my own volition. But apparently the rumors have been kicked up once again from the sand, you know, the sand below the water has been kicked up again on these rumors about STG acquiring Davidoff. Now, no no official word has been made on that, so it's not like, uh, don't get excited. But just the rumors of it are. And I feel like this keeps coming up. And I've had, you know, people say things to me who were, you know, in the know, not just, you know, random people. Um, I've heard it from manufacturers. I've heard it from retailers. I've heard it from people. Now, this is obviously not a new rumor, but it's just, it's been more frequent, I would say. I don't know. Mitch, I don't know if you'd agree with that, but it just seems like it's been more frequent lately. It just, it keeps coming back up. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It's anybody's game. I, I look, I called it and said, for the record, once again, I'm doing this on the show, so that way I can go back to it. I can either be right or I can look like an idiot, but I think it's a pretty safe bet. And I said, if they do sell, no timeline. I'm not saying when, I'm not saying this year, just saying in general. If it happens, I predict STG is the one who buys Davidoff if Davidoff's not looking to sell. That's all I said. And I said that months ago, and I'm saying it again because I just want it on the record. So that's it. I just wanted I just wanted to put it on the record again. Just want to say it. And that has nothing to do with anybody posting on Facebook this week. I can go back like I don't know, six, seven months of episodes or whatever it was. I think it was like the end of last year. I'm pretty sure I, that's when it was. I said it on spare notes. I had a whole conversation about it. Yeah, we said it on spare notes. I think when we were talking about acquisitions and just possible companies that would be up next. Um, who knows if that's actually the case or not. Yeah, I don't know. And like I said, it might not even happen. But I'm just making the prediction. And I just figured I'd address it because everyone keeps talking about it. I don't know. I keep hearing about it. Our friends in the media keep hearing about it. So I don't know. Something's going on. Although I hear from other sources that something might be coming, but it's not an acquisition. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows what's going on? Who knows until the official press releases are out? 
All I know is, apparently, STG, you know, has a lot of money to spend. Well, they've come out multiple times saying they are planning to acquire multiple brands. So, if anything, they're going to acquire someone eventually. And that's all we know for sure. And, and, uh, you know, us as media, we like to maybe look at the industry under a microscope that not everyone else necessarily takes the time to do. Because they don't and, have the time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, or even, yeah. And, uh, and yeah, you know, these are some of the things we like to talk about. But, uh, yeah, uh, you know, I'm sure. And, again, who knows the timeline? Who knows? That's it, just it the, be, that's, that's the gossip of the years. week. It's a gossip Yeah, week. it could be a while if so, it even, if anything knows? even happens. Who knows? Anyway. What did you just cut? So, well, first of all, let me let me uh, let me bring in our guest here. We have a guest with us tonight. Um, you may or may not have heard of him. Um, out of Montana, we have with us Brandon Marsh of Big Sky Cigars. Brandon, welcome to the Smoke and Tobacco Show. Hey, Matt. Thanks for having me on the night, guys, and look forward to a great night. Absolutely. Thank you for being us. here. Uh, thank you. Yeah, thank you for joining us. Uh, I am going to um, light up a Big Sky cigar, but Brandon, what are you smoking? Since you are our guest, I'll let you go first. I'm smoking one of our cigars. It's called the Cryptid. Camera there. Oh, what happened here? It's uh. Sorry. Can you see it? Uh, I lost you off screen. Uh, one second. I don't know what happened here. I think I had to do with. Nope. 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 Sorry. Why can I not get this? See, it always it's always worse when you're. There he is. There you are. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know what happened. There. I, I lost the feed off the screen. Um, sorry. What were you? One more time. What were you showing us? Oh, it's uh, there a encrypted cigar. Okay. I always got to get like inverted backwards in a camera, but <laughs> it's a cigar that we put out at PCA last year. It's got a San Andreas wrapper, Nicaraguan binder, and filler. It's just an amazing smoke. I've had a lot of great feedback on it. And yeah, it's a cigar that I really love. I smoked that cigar, and it was pretty good. I did enjoy that. I liked the size on it. Um, I liked the, the thicker ring gauge and the shorter length. I thought that was nice, more like a really like a fat Robusto. Um, I really liked that. I enjoyed that. I liked the construction on it. It was, you know, it burned well. It smoked well. Flavor was good. Um, really interesting. The The band was very eye-catching for me. That's what's really caught my attention. I saw the band. Because um, I, I remember the box. I, lo- I looked at the box. I'm like, wow, this is really cool. It's kind of like, <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, like, what's the word? It, it's real classy. It's kind of just sharp. It's like simple black box, the logo. I'm like, that's kind of cool. This looks, this looks really nice. Like, I like the, the presentation here. And then I took it out and I flipped over and I saw the band. And I was like, wow, what is that? That is crazy. Uh, but, very, <laughs> but very eye-catching. Uh, and the cigar was good, too, yeah. so it all worked out. <laughs> I'm, sure we'll, I'm sure we'll hear the story about how, how that band came around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll have to circle back to that, though. Um, we'll uh, we'll dive into all of that in a second. But, Mitchell, what are you smoking tonight? Uh, unfortunately, I couldn't get my hands on a big sky, but uh, I did decide to light up tonight the Tatuaje Havana 6 Artista. It's a nice, uh, wow, burning nice, tasting nice. Look at you and, smoking Tatuaje. Um that is a, that's a good cigar. I am going to be smoking the Big Sky, uh, the Bitter Root. We'll be smoking that tonight. And I think that's our, the Connecticut. 
I'm sorry? I think that's a Connecticut shade, yeah? Uh, it, it's a little dark for Connecticut shade. Brandon, Maybe what, is, a, what is this? What is, what is this blend? A Habano? It's a, it's a Ecuadorian Habano wrapper. Yeah. Mm. And then Nicarag Nicaraguan binder and filler. Nice, nice, nice. Um, our cigars are once again brought to you by our friends at twoguyscigars.com. That's right. If you head over to the number two, guyscigars.com, you can find an amazing selection. One of the most amazing selections in this industry, I should say, of cigars and cigar accessories. And that's only at the number two, guyscigars.com. And once again, we are cutting and lighting our cigars with Cigar Blondie accessories. And I am using them right here. Mitchell still doesn't have his set because he lives in Canada and soon, is a pain in the ass. Soon to be. Soon to be, though. Uh, the awesome double guillotine cutter as well as the sleek flat blade flame available in three finishes, chrome, white, and black, only available at CigarBlondie.com. And I think this lighter is running out of gas because I have a small flame and it's taking forever to light. And I don't have any fuel near me, so I'm going to have to... Call in reinforcements. I have to, you know, or we're going to be uh, gonna be waiting here all night, which is weird <laughs> because normally they just won't light, but th like that one's lighting, but the flame was just so small. There we go. There is the smoke. There we go. Okay. And we're good to go. So I was going to say, you can get some of our cigars on twoguys.com. So take care of Mad Minute. Cigar Studio in Boston, Massachusetts. Sorry, I clicked, the, I clicked the wrong thing. You are on twoguyscigars.com. I think they got Correct. the Mad Minute there. Correct. Yep. Hmm. Well, head over to twoguyscigars.com today, and you can buy some Big Sky cigars and try them for yourself. Um, give Barry, give Barry Stein uh, another order to fulfill and ship out to you. Uh, keep him even more busy than he already is. Um, <laughs> Any, anything we can do. And, and you know what? If that advertisement on the show is not just like, you know, because, you know, we have a great relationship with those guys and, you know, and we love them and they help us. We help them. Obviously getting more sales, advertising. You all know how it goes. For me, well, for Dave. So Dave was on with Jeff Borschwitz from Corona Scar about a month ago. And he made a comment that it was great, and every dollar spent on the advertisement was well worth it because I got to read that ad with Jeff on the show um, in front of Dave. For me, the more the more people who actually hear that advertisement and go to twoguyscigars.com and place an order, for me, I get the satisfaction of knowing that it's even more orders that Barry Stein has to process and get shipped out because um, – you know, he, he's already a busy guy, but if I can add to that workload, then to me, my job is, my job has been completed. So, um, that's, that's, uh, that's how I feel about that. And I just wanted to throw that out there for the record. Um, but Brandon, you are the guest tonight. So it's all about you enough about everybody else. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you find your way into the cigar industry? When did you start smoking cigars? Uh, how do you get to that point when you're like, Hey, I want to have my own brand. Uh, kind of what's your what's your uh, your background? So when I was uh, young, I grew up in Montana on a cattle ranch in northeastern Montana, and uh, I'd be riding around with my grandpa, and he'd always be smoking cigars, and he'd be checking cows and fixing fence, and so he'd share cigars, and so that was my first introduction to cigars, and then I would smoke cigars with my friends growing up, and then me and my business partner Jess, 
we'd uh, be cutting up or just having drinks and smoke cigars together. And we were working on a construction construction crew together in North Dakota. And we'd always throw business ideas back and forth with each other. And we threw an idea out and then we'd go to Google and it was already been done. So we're like, oh, this sucks. You know, like we put all this like <laughs> We brainstormed through an 18 pack of beer and we thought we had this great idea. The next thing we know, we check on our phones and no, somebody's already done it. So you're like, oh, like, damn, oh, what a waste of time. <laughs> all that yeah. energy, all that energy and excitement yeah. right down. Hopefully the beer was good. Uh, we, uh, yeah. No, it's always good. Always good. But so it was just like, <laughs> we'd always throw ideas back and we'd just get crushed by Google and it was like, all right, what are we going to do? Because we always wanted to start a business. And, uh, one day he was fishing and he texted me, he was, hey man, I got an idea. I was like, all right, cool, let me know. I was like, I'm going to call you when I get back into service. And uh, so he calls me and says, hey, why don't we start a Montana cigar company? Nobody's doing it yet. And little do we know, there was two other cigar companies in the state. We just hadn't heard of them yet. Okay. And so we're just like, okay, well, maybe we can do it different. Maybe we can do it better. And so we came up with a business plan of Big Sky six years ago because we're going into year six six or seven years ago and uh created a business plan just went down to little havana uh he met with a uh, antillian i believe is that's who he met with and they got us connected with tobacco costa down in esteli mm-hmm. and so we went down to tobacco costa and we rolled our first cigar the yellowstone which is our connecticut okay and just from there it's just been building new cigars uh our second cigar was with uh, tobacco costa then we went back down to esteli again and we were sitting in central park eating a cuban sandwich and we hear uh this kind of gravelly voice just like what are you guys doing down here and it was carlos sanchez and he owns Tacasa. and he's like hey you should come by my factory i really uh want to show you guys my cigars and so we went down there, uh, really loved what he was doing. He rolled our next stick. It's called the Madison. And from there, we've just been working with Carlos ever since. And he reblended our Bighorn cigar. And so Carlos r- rolls our Bighorn, Madison, Bitterroot, Mad Minnow, Professor, and this Cryptid. This Bitterroot's so, really good. Right off the bat, um, floral. Floral on the yeah. foot. It's really nice. It's really nice. Uh, I'm really enjoying this so far. Um, no, I mean that's that's great. And it, and it, I hadn't really been familiar with the brand myself. Um, I know that you had reached out to me. We started to chat a little bit, and um, yeah. you know, then we started looking into the brand a little bit more. And I'm like, oh wow, I mean, this guy's really got it going on. And you said you're a PCA, um, which is always a great place to be, obviously. Um, yeah. huge supporters of PCA here. So of course we'll say that, but no, it is. I mean, uh, are you going to the trade show this year? We are. All right. That's good. We're, we're, uh, hanging with the, the cool kids in the back of the bus. Yeah. You know, sometimes <laughs> that's the best place to be, you know? Uh, sometimes, you know, you just, you gotta get away from the hustle and the bustle and you gotta do your own thing. Um, sometimes that's where the best business happens. Um, but no, I mean, that's great. I mean, so far, I mean, so you have how many, how many blends total do you have? seven seven wow so you have seven blends that's pretty good and we were coming out with our eighth uh, pca very nice very nice now i know you talked a lot about so you grew up in montana correct 
Um, and you spent a lot of time with your grandfather. He was smoking cigars. So basically, you've been around cigars your entire life, almost, kind of in a way. Maybe not smoking them, but at least, you know, they were around. You kind of always yeah. had that that uh, that influence, I, I, I guess I would say, right? That influence, uh, which is great. And, um, you know, I've always wanted to go up there myself. Um, I've always wanted to travel to more of the uh what's the like the the more open parts of the country right you know the more farmland areas wild parts i'm not gonna say the wild parts but you know the definitely more wildlife um but you know like montana and obviously everyone's talking about the show yellowstone right now which i haven't seen but it's like all the rage um yeah you know and, and you know see places like that um and it's interesting you talk about you know kind of going into it you wanted to be the first montana based brand Although you found out, like, hey, like, we're not. There's already some brands here. But uh, I like how you said, hey, well, how can we do it differently, um, you know, and, and go your own way, still be that. I mean, look, there's still not a lot of brands out of Montana. I mean, um, so, I mean, if there's only three, right, maybe, you know, you know, with you guys now, I mean, hey, I mean, that's still something to be proud of. Um, you know, we see cigar brands coming out of all sorts of states now. Uh, Montana is definitely not a top one. Um, so that's good, you know, and if you can be the best yeah. of, if you can be the best of the Montana brands and I would say that's something pretty good too. And it seems like you guys are off to a great start. Um, so you're coming out with another blend for PCA. Uh, what, um, sorry, I just dropped out all over the table. That's okay. I'll clean it up. <laughs> happens. It happens. It happens. You know, being a cigar smoker, you're bound to make a mess. Um, so at this point in the game, you have um, – sorry, I lost my train of thought. You, you have something coming off of PCA. Um, beyond that, uh, what other ways have you kind of – outside of, like, the trade shows and whatnot, right? Um, how have you – are you traveling around? Are you doing events? How have you been really trying to grow this brand, um, you know, being based out of Montana? You know, a lot of brands, you know, obviously there's brands everywhere. Um, but you know, a lot of times you see brands get started more populated areas, I should say. Mm-hmm. Uh, but being in Montana, I'm not very familiar with Montana myself. I don't know how many lounges you guys have out there, what kind of places, or you know, what other states that you're close by to. So, what have you guys done to really maximize the exposure of the brand based on where you're located? So, I'd say kind of like our growth has been very strategic, and it's been just building a foundation that's sustainable. We feel like a lot of brands in business in general, a lot of businesses grow so fast. They just don't have that corporate structure developed. Okay. So then there's, there's an opportunity to fail. So what we've really done is just kind of had this slow, sustainable growth. We're going into year six, but what the interesting thing is, and what I think is going to be, what, what is going to be like a really big catalyst for us is Jess and I have both been working full time before this, like in, uh, I was in oil and gas that did, uh, I was quality control on a pipeline co- for pipeline companies. Yeah. And so I was traveling all across the nation. Like last spring I was working actually out in Boston for four months. Oh, wow. My so, neck of the woods. Yeah. I was work. I was working in Milford and around oh, the Boston yeah. area. Yeah. I know where that is. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so it's just like, we really haven't had the time cause we were, you're, your time's consumed by your, you know, your, your full-time job and like what you do at night and what you can squeeze in during the day. Like we built it as much as we could with the time that we had, 
but it got to a point last September when Jess just asked me, he's like, Hey Brandon, we're really at a point where we're not going to grow unless one of us goes full time. He's like, do you want to get off the road? I was on a project over in Michigan and he, he calls me and he's like, you want to get off the road and you want to go full time big sky? And I was like, yeah, I do. I really believe in this brand and where we're going and I want to make this thing happen. And so at first, like how we grew was just kind of word of mouth and through social media and just cold calling. But now that uh, I have time to be on the road, I've been traveling around different shops. I've uh, created a sales team. I think I've, I have six sales reps right now across the country. Wow. And then I just got back from a trip in California. I'm going to uh, an event in Texas on Friday and just kind of have like my schedule stacked for the whole summer. So it's, a, it's exciting and I'm really excited to see what's going to happen at PCA for us because this has been the most exposure we've had for a company as a company and it's, it's going to be a great show. Yeah, you know, obviously making that leap because, I mean, there's other, there's other, you know, smaller brands, you know, kind of building themselves up that uh, that I know I talk to or whatever. And everyone kind of does their own thing, right? Everyone does things differently based on, you know, how business is going or what, how it suits their life. Um, you know, making that jump to doing it full time. Uh, it's got to be exciting, but it's got to also be very nerve wracking, too, because you're like, all right, I'm going all in on this. And it's either yeah. going to be great and this was worth it. Or it won't be, and maybe I just fucked myself. But we're going to find out. <laughs> well, I've just, like, told myself I don't have a, an opportunity to fail. Like, yeah. I'm just going at this, and I'm kind of weird in a way that, like, when I'm, like, focused on something, I almost, like, obsess over it. Okay. And so, like, I'm always looking at ways of things I can do better or different avenues I can attack as far as different sales channels or you know, ways to improve the business. So it's just like continuous, like going after it, going after it. And uh, I mean, we've had our best Q1 so far, you know, uh, our Q1 was good. Our, our Q2 is looking great. And so I'm just really excited for, because a lot of our brick and mortars, you know, are up in the Northwest. So the real smoking season starts now. Right. So it's Q2 and Q3 is going to be huge for us. Same with like the Northeast, I would say, you know, it's, this is, the time when the the average cigar smoker begins to smoke not everybody who lives up in these colder states um always has you know somewhere warm or indoors they can smoke in the in those months i mean not everyone has the luxury of living in florida or you know southern california or you know texas where i mean i'm not saying it don't get cold there but you know i mean that they, they have better weather than we do for the most part year round so um and those and look, those are all those are some those are some tough states to get into. I mean, with the retailers because of that, because they have like an off season, and they have an on season. You know, the southern states, I'm sure they have slower seasons, but it's definitely probably not as slow as January and December. You know, up there or up here, yeah. I mean, no one's buying cigars. Um, yeah, cr crickets. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's got to make it tough too. Where if that's where the primary part of your market is right now um you have a whole section of the year where like you have all the resources and stuff to get out there and do stuff but you know it's it's a time when retail is like hey like you know we're not really selling a lot right now because it's like you know 10 degrees outside and we get you know a foot of snow and nobody wants to like, sit outside and smoke a cigar because you know they can't smoke anywhere else so uh it it, it, it has to be tough i imagine you know it has to be tough mm -hmm. in those months but then you know once you get to here it's gonna you know it's like okay now it's it's game time. 
and yeah. this is this is the season, and then you get the trade show, and you get all that other stuff all through the summer. You just kind of have to like power through, uh, and, and get to the fall, and then maybe catch a breather then as it starts to slow down again. So, um, I will say, well, I what, mean, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Well, what, what we did is uh, made a decision to come to Texas. So I moved down to Texas. I moved to Houston, yep. and so. Um, I'm really hitting Texas and Louisiana and I haven't made it up to Ho- Oklahoma yet, but it's on my to-do list. I really want to get there before PCA just so I could introduce the brand to those shops in Oklahoma. But so far since coming down to Texas, I think we've gained uh, like 35 brick and mortars between Texas and Louisiana. So it's uh, it's been w- worth the squeeze, but it's been a lot of hard work. Coming down here in the beginning, we, uh, the people in Texas are super nice, but, you know, they haven't heard of us. So it's just kind of like, man, you got some really great cigars, but, you know, you're a boutique and there's a lot of boutiques right now. Yeah. And so it's kind of like, well, I'm not leaving, so you're going to have to get used to my face. So <laughs> then finally, finally got into some shops and gaining some traction momentum. Yeah, it's funny you say that because it's true. And we've talked about that so many times on both of our shows. Um, there's a lot of boutiques right now. Um a lot of it. And not and not that that's bad. There's just there's a lot, and being amongst them, you have a lot of competition. You know, mm-hmm. you're one of you know, I don't even know how many off the top of my head, but you know, um, a plethora of boutique brands that are all also trying to grow just as you are and get their name out there. And then you have these retailers that, you know, they got 20 boutique brands that are coming. I'm like, hey, you know, trying to get cigars in the shop. You know, and if you're not you know, Padrone, Fuente, Drew State, big guys who they know. Oh, yeah, you know, you know, it's a little bit more selective, you know, so it's more competitive. It definitely is. And, yeah. and that, I would say that's definitely makes your job harder. And, uh, you know, when you can start getting into stores and, and um, getting the name out there, that says a lot because, you know, you really, you know, convince those retailers of taking in a brand, you know, that they, you know, look at like the other 30 that they've heard from. Um, but that's great. Um and Texas is a good area to be in too. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of cigar smokers down there, so it's definitely not a bad place to be. We did have a question from the audience. Uh, Megan says, "Do you plan on opening another shop, or just keeping the one in Montana?" So that that shop that we have in Montana, it's in uh, downtown Billings. It's called Stogies. Uh, we were uh, picturing on building another uh, Stogies in Montana but then decided to pivot down to Texas. So I'm not going to say that we won't uh, open another shop, uh, but if we do open another shop, I can see it being more feasible for it being Texas instead of Montana. Uh, okay. Yeah. We also, we also have another comment from Marcus, bring them to Eastern Montana. So, so uh, Eastern Montana, uh, there's the liquor store in Glendive. They're talking to us about bringing us in there. Uh, we're, we're in a store in Glasgow. And then uh, we're also at uh, Beaver Creek Brewery in Weibo, Montana. So, Marcus, if you're around those areas, those are those locations that we're in eastern Montana. And if you can't get them there, guys, you can always head over to twoguyscigars.com and you can get them there. I think you guys I, I do have do a locations uh, thing on your website, right? That'll pretty much show people exactly all the – retailers you're in yes i'm looking at it right now myself yeah so you can head over there and you can look at the map and it'll tell you everyone who currently has it um definitely none in canada 
Nope. Now, now Matt mentioned not, this not before. <laughs> oh, so Matt you're, you're working on Canada. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I just always say, look to the positive future. Just say not yet. Yeah. So it's, it's gonna, it's gonna happen. Yeah. Mitchell, go pretty, ahead. Pretty close. Um, Matt had mentioned before, like the Yellowstone cigar. Obviously, you know, there's the TV show. Did you guys find? uh like a bump in sales at all when the tv show started getting tractions or were people like being like oh is this a cigar that has to do with the show like anything like that or well i mean that was just kind of like a a coincidence or it it was a coincidence we named our first cigar the yellowstone so jess and i we love fly fishing so if you look on our core lines we have the yellowstone bighorn madison and bitterroot those are all blue ribbon trout streams that we fish in montana and so that's why those cigars are named that way but uh as far as like the yellowstone cigar and the tv show uh some people have said i we should have played a little better like playing off the yellowstone tv series but we really didn't because that's not what we wanted our brand to be you know of course yeah but uh i mean i'm sure there was some sales because people probably googled uh montana cigars and then they saw that we had a yellowstone cigar and they probably bought some more of them but I can't really track it. I'm sure it helped (laughs) in some ways. Well, we know everyone got excited when they saw Weller on the show. I remember that. For those for those who are in the bourbon circles, I should say. Let me let me put the disclaimer there. If you're in the bourbon circles and you know what that is, uh, I I just I don't watch the show. Like I said, I just remember one day being on social media and everyone was getting all excited to talk about Yellowstone. And I'm like, oh, what's what's it all to talk about Yellowstone today? And it was like, oh, they they had Weller 12 like on Yellowstone. Ooh. And like everyone got all excited. I'm like, oh, that's nice. And then I started seeing the Buffalo Trace ads during the commercial when the show was on. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. Well, kind of seems like a missed opportunity. Um, maybe you could have had your cigars on the show. I don't know. I'm only joking. Uh, <laughs> I'm only joking. I, I think, I, I, think I, I looked at it and there was just the whole uh, tobacco advertising. Laws. Yeah. No, there's that. Yeah. So like I, it's, uh, it, it's definitely a struggle you know, that advertising. Um, but that's why if people but like it, us, you can advertise with us. Um, <laughs> because there's no law on cigar podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> um, someone at Nova asked an interesting question here. Uh, do U.S. cigar companies ever export their cigars? Yes, they do. Of course they do. Um, a, a lot of the brands, you know, business-wise are based here in the U.S. I mean, Perdomo's International, Fuente's International, J.C. Newman's International. Tatawahe's international. Um, you know, it's it's. I would say it's tricky. And Brandon, you've already probably looked into this. I mean, I know you guys are still trying to cover the U.S., but I'm sure it's crossed your path. So you could probably speak somewhat to it. It's definitely trickier when you're trying to get into other countries versus you know just just trying to cover the U.S. Uh, there's a lot of companies that will go 20 years before they start to go international, just because you know building up the U.S. is a monster in itself. Then you got to look at other countries and you go look at their regulations and their laws and every, you know, you go from one big country mm-hmm. to like all these little countries and they all have their own different little rules and laws and taxes and all that stuff. So it does get tricky. Oh, and then the taxes. And then you got Mitchell who lives in Canada who can tell you, you know, just getting cigars into Canada business wise is a big pain in the ass and very expensive. So yeah, it's uh, it's tricky, oh. but it does happen. We have a, we have a guy that's a, a uh, big supporter of us over in France. And he, sometimes he pays more money in shipping than he does pay in cigars. Cause he, he loves their sticks. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of, 
it's crazy. And uh, thank you, Steve. If you watch us, we really appreciate you very much. But he's really like pushed us to like uh, expand to yep. building contacts over in France. Merci <laughs> yeah, beaucoup. Merci beaucoup, mon ami. <laughs> but uh, just having really, uh, really trying to take care of home first before we spread out that far. Yeah, and I mean, I think that's that's you know for even some. I don't want to say larger, but like, you know, the, even like the medium sized companies, right. Um, you know, someone like the size of La Flor Dominicana, for example, not a big, big company, but they're not a, they're not a small company. I like to consider them like an upper middle size company. Um, mm -hmm. I know that they're doing some stuff internationally. Um, I don't know to what extent, I mean, I know they're in England cause I know Tony has been over in England and they've been doing stuff over there. Um, but like even them, like, I don't, I don't think they have a massive international, um, base. So I, yeah, I think they focus more on, you know, they, they, everyone who knows LFD, they got a huge demand. Um, you know, even finding their cigars in the U S can be tricky at times. So, you know, you have to look at that too. And you know, even when you start to make it and you're, you know, you're, you know, you're, you're doing well and you're, you know, you're, you're booming, so to speak, business wise, even then it's still tricky to leave the U S because, you know, mm -hmm. that just it just adds on so much more and then you know like you know mitchell can tell you or like you know um you were just saying steve from france you know it, yeah i mean once you start going across the pond it gets expensive too so then you just have that between logistics and taxes and stuff like that it does get tricky and expensive um you know but when to the to the people who've done it hey props to them uh it's great for business so to speak hopefully uh they wouldn't do it but uh, yeah, it is tricky. Um, another question we had from Nova: Do you ever partner with microbreweries? Now, this is an interesting question. Um, this is something I've I've actually seen asked a few times, uh, not so specifically with like microbreweries, but just like with breweries in general or like liquor companies, which definitely happens from time to time. Um, Brandon, I don't know if this is something that you have personally done with your brand, but. Um, I would say in a general sense, yeah, this definitely happens. But have you partnered with any like beer or alcohol energy, like at an event or something like that to kind of go with your brand? Oh, like when you're doing, uh, and we did an event in the woodlands up here in Houston and they brought a distillery called Pursuit United. And okay. we just kind of paired, paired the cigars with the rye and the, the bourbon and just kind of talked about it when the people are coming to get their samples. But as far as like an exclusive partnership, uh, we haven't done like an exclusive cigar for a microbrewery or distillery. Um, we do have distilleries and breweries that sell our cigars in their tasting rooms, but uh, we haven't made an exclusive stick for anyone. Oh, okay. Nice. Nice. You know, which reminds me, are you, uh, are you mostly a beer guy? I know you drink beer, but are you mostly a beer guy? Do you get into whiskey at all? Um, kind of what's, what's your, uh, what's your, uh, what's your go-to poisons, so to speak? So uh, I love an old fashioned. Okay. Um, if I'm at a lounge, I'll get an old fashioned. I like to get one. Any anything after that, it's kind of just kind of the sugar is just too much, and yeah. then I go neat. Yeah. But uh, I like a rye. Okay. So. so what would you say from your from your collection of brands? What's your favorite pairing? You know, what, what cigar with you know like a whiskey or rye? What's your favorite pairing out of what you have? So I, I really enjoy bullet rye. Uh, nice. I think it's easily attainable and it's a great, it's a great uh, rye. And 
I drink that with my cryptid or uh, our San Andreas cigars. We have another one, the Bighorns of San Andreas. Yep. Yeah, that's that's. Uh, see, for me, I Mitchell knows because we've talked about this before. I just I'm not heavy on rye myself. Uh, maybe I just haven't found the right one for me. But the the several that I've I've dabbled into and I've just I'm like it's not. I don't hate rye. It's just, just doesn't hit me well. I know Mitchell drinks rye. Mitchell's. Oh yeah. You uh. Well, you, as, you drink a lot of rye. As, as a Canadian, that's pretty much like Canadian whiskey is usually rye. Rye whiskey, where they kind of yeah, the kings of rye up here. But uh, I, I enjoy. I, I really enjoy an American rye as well. Michter's rye. Um, we get tons of bullet up here as well. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll drink rye. Alberta Premium. Alberta Isn't Premium. Uh, is Black Velvet Canadian? Black Velvet. I might haven't be. even heard of that myself. Yeah, I haven't. <laughs> it's the uh, it's the high school bottle of whiskey you'd buy for like ten dollars for a hand. Ah, so it's like it's like the bum it's like the bum. Oh juice. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> the they, cheap they, stuff. They got the plastic the plastic screw on top. Yeah. Oh, that tells you yeah, everything I need a, to know. It's a Canadian whiskey. <laughs> oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, nice. Uh, I think it's I think it's like owned by Heaven Hill though, which is like a American brand. But yeah, I think yeah, it's yeah. a Canadian whiskey. Oh, it's owned by Heaven Hill. That's interesting. Yeah, very interesting. It's not bad, actually. <laughs> yeah, a, a lot of a lot of our rye comes out of Alberta, and the thing is, is like the like if you like rye, it's it's not like the best rye is that much better. Like the super expensive rye is not like that much better than like a pretty cheap rye because rye is rye. You're usually making it out of a a large portion of rye and it just has a very uh specific flavor flavor notes a lot of like that floral and that spice right so it, it really the more expensive stuff gets a little bit more complex and maybe a little more i guess palatable but again like you know once you're once you're a few drams in you know kind of kind of all tastes the same after that <laughs> true true i mean i would say you know for me like i'm a big bourbon drinker so um and I know what Brandon's talking about too. When he's like, "Hey, it's not that bad." Look, people get caught up in like hard to find stuff, the rare stuff. You know, we've all done it. I have a bunch of it myself. Um, I have the ones I like. I don't buy like I won't chase down bottles just to get them because be, just because I know like, oh, this is like cool. Yeah. Because it's like you, you just have all the rare bottles, and half of it you don't even like anyway. Not that it's a bad whiskey, but you just you maybe you don't like it. So it's like. I've found the ones that I like and I hunt down the specific bottles that I just really enjoy. But outside of that, I mean, regular maker's mark on a regular Friday, Saturday night, you know, is, is good for me too. I had a friend who was, who's also a big bourbon drinker and he came to me one day and he said something. And at first I was like, what? But then the more I listened to him, I'm like, well, I mean, you make some good points. He came to me and he was like, yeah, he's like, have you ever had old tub? I was like, old oh, tub. God. I'm like, old tub. They get that at Total Wine for like 19.99, and he was like, "Dude, I bought a bottle for shits and giggles, and it's not bad. It's like, <laughs> it's a cheap bottle that everyone has. He goes, it's not. He goes, it's not like whiskey of the year. He's like, but he's like, it wasn't painful. He was like, I drank it. I was like, oh, I had a good time. And I'm like, well, that's a good point. So I don't mind old tub. Yeah. You know, people people laugh at me though. Wild turkey's my my favorite. Yeah, but it's why? Wild turkey is great. Why would they laugh? I don't know. Every time I say it, people laugh at me. They're like, "Wild turkey!" Like that's what I drank in college, and I'm just like, "Yeah," because it tastes good, man. <laughs> Wild turkey's come a long way. I mean, 
their Russell's reserve, like the private picks that they do with some oh, yeah. stores. Man, I had a bottle Great one here that a store picked around here. And man, I couldn't get enough of that bottle. It was it was delicious. Okay. Uh, I always have wild turkey. Wild turkey um, does a great job. I, I have a couple more questions. You mentioned the cryptid, and kind of having you're smoking it right now, and and yeah, the the band on it. You know, Matt had mentioned the band, and it's it's this very unique thing. And I'm sure if anybody saw it, they'd be like, Oh yes, what what is that? Uh, is there a story to go along with this uh, interesting kind of seems like this reptilian face? And so. Uh... It's the Flathead Lake Monster, and that's the Loch Ness Monster of the U.S. And so I was going to name it the Flathead Monster, and like two two months before PCA, uh, Jess was like, we should really talk to a trademark attorney just to make sure all our bases are cleared. And so we call one up, and uh, he's just like, well, it's trademarked by General. And he's just like, <laughs> if you want to get sued, then name it Flathead. I was like, well, it's a geographical location. They can't trademark a, a location. It's right there in the laws. And he's like, no, but they can put a cease and assist on you until you go out of business. <laughs> yeah. So we pivoted and we're just like, all right, what are we going to do? So we we uh, found the name cryptid. Encrypted means like uh, Bigfoot, a creature that's known to be true but never been seen. Right. Okay. And uh, it was actually turned out pretty cool because now we're going to have a cryptid series of cryptid creatures from across the country and across the world oh wow nice. well so just so you know we have one of those up here as well uh and they're called uh, the ogopogo oh really yeah it's, it's a similar <laughs> thing it's a lake creature that has had multiple sightings it's like this big you know people say it's a prehistoric dinosaur just living in there off the fish in the deep depths of uh i think it's like okanagan i want to say ogopogo i've never even heard of that that's interesting yeah yeah a lot of people don't know about it but uh yeah it's a lake that lives up lives up here in in bc so you can you can look into that it's very famous in bc there's i think there's like a couple of like parks that have like like ogopogo themes and and yeah 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 it's an okanagan lake but you know, yeah, that that'd be a cool, cool series, though. Yeah, that is a cool. Yeah, series. I'm, I'm excited for it. I mean, there's a lot of possibilities. Um, so it's, something, be, something uh, kind of be... like like what Pete Johnson does with like what his monster series, where like you have like a, a certain thing, yeah, kind of like that. Uh, it'll be similar. It's just uh, you know, these are going to be actual like monsters that are from a a geographical location. Right, 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 uh, right. So, I mean, similar to what Pete did with his monster series, uh, the monsters that we've all heard about, but just a little more like uh, legendary creatures. Okay. okay. Better, better go get those trademarks before General does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go get them. <laughs> They'll probably hear about it now because I'm on this show. <laughs> hey, they're always watch- they're always watching, aren't they? Yeah. Some of the some of the, some of the some of the Forge guys they watch this show, so you never know. <laughs> Um, yeah, and they, 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 they've been spending a lot of money lately. So, uh, as we talked about at the beginning of the show, so I'm not going to get back into that again. That's a whole nother, we'll save that for the next spare notes. Uh, which by the way, before I forget, I'll mention it now. Sorry. Uh, there's no spare notes this week because I'm traveling and, uh, Coop is traveling. So no spare notes this week. We're going to come back next weekend. Uh, we'll be back for spare notes and we'll get into, um, all of the haps 
that has gone on since the last show, and we'll continue on our conversation that we started at the beginning of this show. Uh, really quickly, let's hit our news segment, which is once again brought to you by McAuliffe Cigars. If you head over to McAuliffeCigars.com today, you can sign up to become an official McAuliffe ambassador. Um, so, Mitchell, this one is uh, kind of something that we talked about a little bit, I think not on the last show, but the one before. Uh, not so much as a confirmation, but as a speculation. Uh, so earlier in the year, here we go, back to STG again. Oh, um, a couple weeks ago, was it like a month ago that they said they were going? Uh, that STG announced that Forge would be taking the Alec Bradley booth and displaying all of the Forge brands at PCA this year. Um, so they were the first of the big four to come back to the trade show. And then this week, we have confirmation that Altidus USA will return to the PCA trade show this summer. So now two of the big four have officially returned to the PCA trade show. Uh, over the last few weeks, we've been hearing rumors that another one of the big four brands who exited the annual PCA, formerly IPCPR, would be returning. Retailers were revealing Altidus was telling them to expect to see them at the midsummer event. Now we know for sure Altidus USA will return after seeing them added to the PCA 2023 floor map. Um, yes, sir. Hey, one came back. Didn't take long for another one to come back. And for the record... I believe those were the two that most of us in the media, I know at least me, you, Coop. Oh, yeah. Uh, I want to say Matt and Garrett and Justin, I think, said it too um, in conversations that those would be the first two. And then what's interesting yeah. is if you look at the floor map, Hoya de Nicaragua will be there by themselves, but they'll have some Drew Estate staff there taking orders because that's who distributes them in the United States. So you have to you have to assume like, well, there's gonna be at least a handful of Jewish state people in town. Um, yeah. again so, it's not like an official press of Drew Estate is back as a booth, but correct. Hoya and Hoya and Drew Estate are very linked. Again, they're obviously two different companies, but they are in very close partnership. Yes. And uh, yeah, you, you know, it is it is fair to say that I'm sure we will see Drew Estate based employees at the trade show, whether they're going to be, uh, you know, selling actual Drew Estate product is hard to say, but I don't they'll think definitely they will be, be. Oya's. I don't I don't think so either. Yeah. Um, they'll definitely be be helping out Hoya. Um, and I think it's been a while since. Hoya has had their own booth, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. I don't think they were at the trade show last well, I year. I think the last time they were at the trade show, because yeah, I don't remember yeah. them the last couple years. I think the last time they were at PCA was when they were with Drew Estate IPCPR 2019. Yeah, I want to so, say. So yeah, very, uh, very interesting. You know, which and, which and could be the open door to Drew Estate fully coming back in 24. Yeah, for sure. It it, it might be them kind of like you know scoping things out seeing how it goes and and talking to uh talking to people in person but uh yeah two two of the big four confirmed coming out to uh to the big party also not that it got a, a official announcement or whatever but uh aj fernandez will be at the trade show this year who wasn't there yeah i was year. 
I was going to say, when I saw AJ hit the floor, I thought that that was maybe a indication, even though he does make a lot of cigars for everyone. I think he has a pretty good relationship with El Tadas. Yeah. And they do a lot of stuff together. And again, you did say that. Kind, I remember. Kind, kind of in the same vein as seeing Hoya on the floor. Um, I saw I saw AJ, who hasn't been there for a while, or at least wasn't there last year. Um, wasn't the there last I year? I can't remember if he was there in 21. I don't remember. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of just had this feeling that I feel like this is a stepping stone for Altadis. Again, I don't, I didn't check out the booth plans. I don't know if they're close to each other or, or not, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's good news. I think it's great for the industry. You know, some people are going to not like it, but I think overall, uh, I think, I think it's good for the industry to have these, these names there. And, uh, glad to hear it yeah no it is it's good for the industry uh it's good for the trade show too um obviously for the in you know just for raising funds for pca which is what the trade show is all about um so it's good to see that i i i'm gonna make a prediction and say that uh those three will be back at the show in 24 uh which will be march of 24 now that it's been moved i think i think the moving of the trade show also helped a lot with that oh, yeah. with, with bringing people back i think that was i don't think that was the crux but i think that was a major piece of the puzzle that i think um when that happened to see people like well you know i think we you know maybe we'll come back and we'll try it out so i think that was important i think that was good um i still i still am going to predict that davidoff does not return to the trade show at least in the imminent future i, d I don't think that they they will the other three sure but i don't think yeah. davidoff returns if they do it won't be for a while that's that's my guess yeah you never know i don't i i would have to agree with that though yeah yeah you're right you never know they could just come out tomorrow and be like, oh we're coming back but just on the surface and things i hear and what i see i think they're the last one to come back if they come back so um that's our news for the week that's um the beginning of more PCA talk, um, <laughs> which if you head over to SmokingTobacco.com, you can stay up to date on all the PCA stuff that's happening in years past and for this year. The right, beginning and the never end. I know. The beginning of the never ending conversation, uh, which is pretty much what all spare notes is going to be from now until like August. It's just going to be pre-PCA, pre-PCA, PCA, post-PCA. It's going to be insane. Uh, but you no, know, there's, there's a lot to cover there. There's a lot to cover. Um, Brandon, First of all, I just want to say thank you for being here tonight with us. Thank you for coming on the show. It's been a blast to have you. Um, getting to know your brand a little bit more and sharing that with the audience is always important too. So um, I just want to say thank you for that. And uh, this cigar is fantastic. I have been enjoying this a lot. This has a lot of smoke production, uh, great construction, burns really well. I haven't had to retouch it at all. Uh, a lot of flavor complexity. The floralness kind of went away after the – first inch or so uh, about halfway through that first third um, getting a lot more spice on it now uh, really enjoyable I really enjoy this cigar yeah. this is probably out of the few of the line that I've smoked I haven't gone through all of them yet I'm working my way through but so far this is my favorite this bitter root <laughs> is, is probably my favorite cigar you guys have I uh, appreciate that and thanks for having me on the show you know and you're talking about PCA and I think uh, the PCA getting moved up to March next year is going to be very interesting. Uh, just as far as like what we're going to be able to come out with, it might be, uh, you know, 
25 before we have a new stick that releases. Well, it's interesting that you say that because this is obviously something we've talked about the last couple of weeks since that that news is, or last month or so, whenever that news came out. Was it March? I can't remember. Um, Yeah, that tight window, especially for a smaller brand, right? Um, You know, you have a show in July, and then less than a year later, you have a show in March, so it's like everyone's, you know, getting ready for the show in July like they've always known about. And now all of a sudden, like, oh, hey, by the way, um, you know, you got four last, you got four months less from your schedule, um, mm-hmm. you know, to to do what you got to do. So to hear you say that is uh, I'm not shocked to hear that. I expect to hear that from a lot of people, actually, even some of the bigger guys, too. I mean, it's. Um, do do you think that you'll still attend PCA in 24? Like, you know, right after, you know, being out there for July 23, do you think you, do you still go March 24? Um, you know, just, just to continue or do you, um, or do you skip it and just kind of wait for another kind of full cycle, so to speak, and come back in 25? Oh, it's, it's important to go to the show. I mean, I see us being there. Um, it's always great to meet uh, accounts that we don't see other than at the show. Cause you know, <clears throat> like on the East coast, like people like meeting Dave and Ed last year and they bringing us into the shop. We were only able to get into two guys cause we met them at the show. Right. So it's uh, to meet those connections. I mean, you only get that if you go to PCA. Yeah, no, I, I asked that question too, because um, you know, I know that half of people are going to give me that answer, which I think is the right answer. And then you have people are like, well, you know, it's kind of quick. We might just wait. And I think that even if you don't have a new product to debut, it's especially for a brand that's trying to grow. I think it's very important for you to be there. Even if you have nothing new to show, I mean, you're still there, you're meeting more people, you're, you're showing what you already have. I don't think that it's always necessarily about what's new. It's just kind of like, well, who are you? Um, so I, I, I definitely, you know, I think that's the, the right thing to do not that my opinion matters yeah. but <laughs> no i think you're right uh and i think it's important for you to go and it just i think it sets a good example to others who you know may be on the fence about it because I've, I've definitely heard that from some people like oh well you know i don't know but i think it's important to still be there so uh i'm glad you guys will be there it'll be good to see you guys uh multiple times inside 12 months which would be awesome do you get do you guys do tpe at all i don't remember seeing you at tpe we did tpe right after covid Okay. And then we went to PCA and we just really feel that uh, PCA is a better fit for our brand. Yeah. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. Oh, it'd be good. It'd be good to see you guys, um, you know, again in 24. Definitely. I I had a question about uh, uh, the Yellowstone River box and kind of how you guys came up with that. You you mentioned you loving fly fishing as well as uh, a bit of the proceeds going to some some donations there. You, You want to tell us a bit about that? funny that you ask because i was gonna show this to you guys oh okay uh, well look what i got oh wow look at that <laughs> well camera thing well there right we, right there we can see you <laughs> nice. we see it wow so, that's awesome uh, this is actually our madison cigar so we do the river boxes and different cigars but the one on our website's a yellowstone river box so it comes with five cigars a dozen flies and a cutter uh, and the donations go to a nonprofit called Warriors in Quiet Waters. And Warriors in Quiet Waters, they bring uh, post 9-11 vets uh, that want to come out and, and just kind of have like a reset or a release. They take them on like a week 
fly fishing, get up in the mountains and just get away from everything and to enjoy life. So it's a, it's a great program. Um, really excited that, you know, we're able to partner with them in that aspect and just, yeah, it's a, it's a cool thing that we do. No, that yeah, awesome. I saw it super, super awesome. You know, you guys got hand handmade flies in there. Are, are you guys making the flies or who do you have making your, your flies for that box? So there's a company called Montana fly company that make, that gets our flies for us. Nice. Yeah. Those look like, uh, those look nice. But we, we, uh, what the idea was, it's definitely different. Uh, I was talking with, God, I always get this thing messed up. All right. I was talking with Jess and I was like, what can we do this different? And it's just like, well, we love fishing. Like, why don't we take one of our boxes and turn it into a fishing box? And I was like, let's just, let's just cut it in half without not really the space in half. And so we, we take our boxes, we cut the cedar, we put the cedar pieces in and then we put the flies in there. So we retrofitted ourselves and it takes a lot of time to actually make these things, but we've sold a, we sell a lot of them. We've uh, done an ad in Fly Fisherman magazine for four years in a row. And we do it actually right around now for Father's Day and uh, people start ordering them. And it's a, uh, it's very, it's been very good. <laughs> those look, those look like they would, they were almost like a, like the dimensions of like a medium sized fly box anyways, that would fit like right into a pack. And, you know, you can just take that instead. Yeah, we uh, we had another product that we made for a company, and it was a, a bamboo fly case, and it came with four mad minnows and eight cigars, and it actually could fit like right in your pocket. And nice. So that that was a really great product. We sold seven thousand of them to this company, so it was really that was a huge for us. You know what's awesome is you know, we hear a lot of people talk about cigars and golf, you know, smoking on the golf mm-hmm. course, and oh, like you know, like. Like we always talk about like the fresh packs, right? The five packs. Those are great for golf. You know, when you're with your buddies, you grab one of those and you guys get cigars on the day and the fresh pack keeps it fresh and whatever. Um, but you don't hear a lot about fishing. And fishing is another and I don't do a lot of fishing myself, although when I do get to do it I enjoy it a lot. Um, but fishing, you know, is another great activity that mm-hmm. um goes well with a cigar. Um, uh, you know, you're just out there on the water. You know, no rush, relax. It's another relaxing activity. Of course, it's great with a cigar. Um, so I, I kind of like how you guys have taken that aspect and really put it with mm-hmm. the cigars, the fishing and the cigars, because uh, it's 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 refreshing. It's something different that I think is a great activity pairing with cigars. That's kind of outside the norm. That what you know, everyone always talks about golf, or um, I mean, outside of just regular social smoking i mean i'm trying to think of like another one that always gets talked about but fishing is not one that i hear a lot of uh but it, it makes a lot of sense and i like how you guys have really capitalized on that and then you have um you know you have those boxes with the flies and everything and i think that's great too um and there's definitely a lot of people who would be attracted to that and be like oh wow that's cool that's different that's oh i love fishing i gotta have that that is great i just wanted to say i think that's a phenomenal idea and uh it sounds like it's working yeah, really you. well for you guys too no, it's, it's been great. And I, I mean, it really stays true to like our roots and who we are. Uh, I mean, I think why Big Sky is a little different than most people is, you know, it's, it represents who Jess and I are. We're outdoorsmen. We love fishing and hunting. And right. just that box just kind of just speaks to like what we like to do in our spare time and our free time. It's a, it's a way of having part of your identity or DNA 
in the product that you make that also represents you guys, which I think is important. And I think that's a big part of, you know, owning a cigar brand, you know, is it's not just the brand. It's the, it's the, it's the people behind it, right? The reflection of the, the people behind it. Um, yeah. And you guys have done a great job at that. So, you know, congratulations on all your success so far. And uh, I wish you guys nothing but the best going forward. It sounds like you guys have a lot of ideas, a lot of things cooking. So it'd be exciting to see you guys continue to grow and roll it out. I appreciate that. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, we're definitely going in the right direction. And it's, uh, well, it's cool is that Jess and I, like, you know, we both bootstrapped this. We work full time. So all of our money went into this. So we have complete control over everything that we want to do. And so we only answer to ourselves and projects that we want to pursue after it, and we just go right after it. That's awesome. It's the only nice. way. You got to go all have, in. Have you have you found some nice fly spots down in uh, down in Texas yet? Uh, I haven't been, but we, we went out on the boat uh, two days ago, and we're just smoking cigars and just catching fish out in the Gulf. So it was pretty cool. Nice. That is nice. That sounds like a great time. What's the weather like down there right now? Uh, amazing. Yeah. I think it was like 80 degrees. <laughs> uh, amazing. <laughs> it's like 80 degrees with a breeze. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'm jealous of that for sure. Uh, 100%. Uh, it, I mean, it's not too cold here, but it's, it's not that warm. So it'll be here before we know it. But um, Brandon, thank you for being here on the show tonight. I really appreciate it uh it's been great to to chat with you and have a cigar with you so i just want to say that once again just thank you for for being here and uh thank you for sharing your story with us and talking about big sky cigars um once again you can head over to two guys to get these cigars if your local brick and mortar retailer does not carry them you can get them there and barry will ship them out to you um as i said before there is no spare notes this weekend we will be uh returning with you next week uh, next Saturday night, rather. Uh, next week's Smoke and Tobacco show, we have uh, Jason and Rebecca from Ash Quarterly that are going to be with us. And so we will be catching up with them and talking about some stuff that they have going on. And uh, that's that's really our week. Once again, I feel like we should mention just another thank you to everyone who donated um, and was a part of, in one way or another, of the CFCF fundraiser. Uh, that we finished off last week. It was, uh, Mitchell, what did we finish off with? 52,800 and something. 30 or something like that? Yeah. So uh, 52,000, almost $53,000 raised. So uh, everyone here at Smoking Tobacco is really proud of that. So just thank you very much to everyone who helped make that happen. Uh, prizes. For those people who keep asking about prizes, um, about 90% of them, I do not have in my possession the manufacturers or it's mostly just manufacturers who um, who have held on to them. They have all been informed. And from my understanding, most of them have already shipped your prizes out. So you should be if you got an email saying you want something, you should be expecting it soon. The stuff that Nicole and I have here, we have not begun shipping yet because we've just been trying to go over some shipping logistics and getting them packaged up and stuff like that. So it might be another couple of days before they go out. So you probably won't see those till like middle, middle to end of next week, I would say um, roughly. Um, and that's going to be for mostly the Fuente prizes, uh, the line two lighter. I'm trying to think what else we, we actually have. I think that's mostly it. It's mostly that stuff. 
everything else, L LFD, Drew Estate, Tatuaje, Sokka's bundle, all that stuff, the Rabbit Air, JC Newman stuff, all that they have, and they will be sending it to you themselves. And like I said, most of them have already gotten back to me saying that they have shipped it. So just keep an eye out because most of the prizes are already on the way if you haven't gotten them already. Um, those emails went out uh, last like Thursday afternoon. So by Friday morning of last week, they all had that information and they were already working on it. So um, I just wanted to give a quick update on that. And as always, you can head over to SmokeAndTobacco.com to get more news reviews and other updates from the cigar industry. And with that, we say good night. We'll see you next week. Take care, everybody. See ya. Thank you for spending your time with us at Smoke and Tobacco. Please remember to like and subscribe for more episodes and content. And as always, visit SmokeAndTobacco.com for news and updates from the cigar industry.